that's something that in most instances, both ourselves and those around us will really come to value. Because people know that when you respond to them, you took time to give them a quality answer. They know that the things you say and do are genuine because you actually weighed them rather than just reacting quickly and sorting out the consequences later. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. Well, welcome back for part four of our Fruits of the Spirit series. We finally made it. This is the final episode of this series. Now, as we mentioned last week and in the prior weeks, we can see in Scripture that a tree is judged by its fruits. So we're going to be discussing the fruits that we as Christians should be bearing. Now, as always, I want to go ahead and start out this episode with the passage that this idea of the fruits of the Spirit comes from, and that is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So far we have discussed love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So this week we are talking about the last two fruits, gentleness and self-control. Just a quick side note here, for anyone who has read these verses from the King James Version recently, you may know these last two, the gentleness and self-control, as meekness and temperance. And that will be relevant in today's discussion. So, let's get right into it. The first fruit for today, gentleness. Now, I mentioned just a moment ago that this fruit is also referred to as meekness in some other translations. Now, for our definition here, I am going to go ahead and use meekness instead of gentleness. Because I feel that it's a bit less broad, a little more focused, which will help us really hone in our discussion today. So what's that definition for meekness, you might ask? Well, meekness is defined as an attitude or quality of heart, whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. If you do a quick web search, you can find plenty of examples of different actions or different scenarios that people feel showcase the attribute of meekness. But one of my favorites was an argument that is not stated forcefully. Now I think that this is a good one because it really highlights a key component of meekness, or in this context, gentleness, and what that truly is. It's not powerlessness. Meekness is not weakness, 
regardless of the fact that they do sound a little similar. It's also not being unwilling to stand up against something. Now, we can sometimes hear the term meekness in a negative context, and that would be to imply that someone is a pushover. It's this misconception that they'll be led astray, uh, that they're unwilling to stand up for themselves or stand for anything, that they'll just go along with whatever. That is not what we're referring to here. The Bible isn't instructing us to give in to every person that we meet, uh, particularly those who are providing counsel that's contrary to God's word. We're actually commanded to follow God's word. The differentiating factor here is how we are to conduct ourselves towards others. And that is regardless of whether we agree with them or not. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, that sounds great and all, but how does that look in application? How can we know how to show meekness or gentleness in the situations that we come across daily, weekly, or just in everyday life? Well, in my opinion, step one is going to be simply laying aside our pride. We have to have that willingness to submit. You may remember that from the definition of meekness that we read just a little bit ago. And who do we have to submit to first and foremost, above all else? God. So before we go worrying about our dealings with anyone else, I think the first thing we've got to do is submit ourselves to the Lord. And this is crucial, not only as a way to inform how we show gentleness to others, but also when we talk about exercising self-control later in the episode. So remember that example that I love so much, an argument that is not stated forcefully. The point here that I really enjoy is that we can be firmly rooted and solid in our faith and what we believe in without responding hatefully or with anger. Now that's great and all, but so far, all that I've done to this point is provide what I think are perhaps the best definitions that you can find widely available with some research through the internet. I want to back this up with scripture. And so I know we read some of this passage last week, but I do want to go ahead and offer it once again. And it's going to be Romans chapter 12, verses 19 through 21. Beloved, Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So I see this as evidence that by laying down our pride and submitting to God, we are free to put aside our natural tendency to look for payback or to look for revenge. It's not up to us to be some kind of arbiters of divine justice. No matter how big of a fan you are of Batman or the Green Arrow, we shouldn't be vigilantes in the night dealing out vengeance as we see fit. And that's something that we should actually be incredibly thankful for. We know that God is just, 
And here he says, vengeance is mine. Now, thankfully, God is also merciful because I do want to go ahead and offer that friendly reminder here that we should all be really grateful that through God's mercy, we don't get what we deserve. And I hope we can all agree that God is by far much more merciful than any of us walking this earth right now. Now, I feel like in some regards, I have been a little bit all over the place here. So in case I've been unclear in any of these points, allow me to just go ahead and state my point very plainly here. As Christians, we can show gentleness, patience, and kindness to others while also remaining firmly and immovably planted in our faith. And all these fruits, the gentleness, kindness, goodness, patience, love, they're all ways that we should conduct ourselves. And we are to exhibit those strictly on the basis of our faith, the fact that we are Christians, and the trust and the hope that we have in Christ, independent of our circumstances. Now what that means is that the way we conduct ourselves towards others should be unchanged regardless of whether or not we agree with their opinions and beliefs, but also regardless of how they are conducting themselves towards us. Recall Romans 12:21 that we read just a moment ago. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So with that in mind, I do want to go ahead and share a few verses that I feel are particularly applicable regarding gentleness and or meekness, depending on the translation that you're reading. The first is Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. The next is Colossians chapter 4, this time verses 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Through these verses, we can see that one great way to strengthen our gentleness and patience muscles, so to speak, is by simply seeking to have a more compassionate heart towards others. Not only can God cultivate that compassionate heart within us, he also provides wisdom in those situations when we often struggle to know what response is appropriate. Now the last verse that I want to read for this section is going to be Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now what I love about this is it highlights a key point. When you respond with gentleness in a tense or maybe even downright argumentative situation, it usually helps to calm that situation down considerably. So a quick sidebar here to share with you some practical advice. In my experience, particularly with arguments between friends, family members, or even those who are in a romantic relationship, the most powerful tools to reach that resolution are simply love, patience, and complete honesty. By my observation, these three things will resolve arguments or heal hurt feelings 100% of the time as long as both people involved actually want to stop fighting and forgive one another.
Sometimes I think it just takes someone brave enough to be the first one to lay down their weapons and extend that olive branch. And I think that showing not only gentleness, but also all of these fruits of the Spirit in our lives is the best way to do just that. So now that we've discussed gentleness, and I hope that something in that was helpful to you or gave you some food for thought, what about that final fruit of the Spirit, self-control? Well, this probably won't come as much of a surprise to you, given that I already mentioned it in our discussion about gentleness, but self-control is, in fact, essential to exhibiting gentleness in, we'll just say, less-than-ideal circumstances. Like I mentioned earlier in the episode, step one is accepting the free gift of salvation, because without that, we have no real incentive to deny or control ourselves. Now, I don't think that a definition is particularly necessary here because the term itself is actually a perfect description of exactly what it is. Self-control is controlling ourselves. It's governing our own words or actions. And there are a lot of great tactics in Scripture for more effectively exercising self-control. And I would highly encourage anyone listening to read and study those. But for the sake of keeping our episode today at a digestible length, I do want to go ahead and address a broader point here. In my opinion, this is how we can really summarize self-control. Response versus reaction. Response versus reaction. One is intentional and measured, and the other is quick and instinctual. While response carries consideration, a reaction is less about thought and a lot more about reflex. Consider that for a moment. We have to ask ourselves... When something happens in our lives, are we responding to it or are we reacting to it? Here's one example of this that we can see in Scripture. James chapter 1 verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. James' writing tells us that we should measure our words carefully. And the book of James even goes on to discuss the power of that words can have, particularly in a negative sense. We can also see this echoed in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. It's not our natural reaction in the world we live in today to pause There was that word again, reaction. With new technologies, we've been conditioned to this fast-paced life, right? Where speed is desirable and delays are the enemy. Now, we all want our internet to be lightning fast, right? We get frustrated when the car in front of us is going too slow. I've even known a few people who assumed that I might be mad at them if I didn't respond to a text message within 30 minutes. Or what about what is quickly becoming one of my favorites and a go-to standby, 
My Amazon Prime shipping now takes five days instead of two days, or four days instead of two days. The point is, how often do we react to another person's words in a conversation or even an argument? Because we're conditioned to think that faster is better. The truth is, however, when we simply react, we often react poorly. In the context of this example, that might look like saying more than we meant to, or spouting off some smart remark out of frustration or spite. The truth is, there is nothing wrong with pausing to consider your words first. And the same goes for actions. It is far better to just take a moment, think about it, and compose your response rather than immediately throwing out your gut reaction. Because regardless of the circumstances, when we remove that buffer of consideration from our words or from our actions, we leave little to no room for self-control. So instead, we should strive to respond instead of reacting. This not only helps us to better exercise self-control and avoid dealing poorly with someone, it also imparts more significance to the things that we say or do. Consider that for a moment as well. By stopping to think and respond, our words and our actions have more substance because we gave them consideration and we stand behind them. That's something that, in most instances, both ourselves and those around us will really come to value. Because people know that when you respond to them, you took time to give them a quality answer. They know that the things you say and do are genuine because you actually weighed them rather than just reacting quickly and sorting out the consequences later. So as we start to wrap up, I do want to offer a few closing thoughts as always. First, I want to thank you for tuning in, not only for this week's episode, but hopefully for this entire Fruits of the Spirit series. I can say personally, I was very excited to be able to cover this incredible passage of scripture on the podcast, and I sincerely hope that it has been as much of a blessing to you as it has been for me. Now, we will be back with the regular flow of things next week with a brand new episode. And speaking of that, if you have a topic or a set of verses in mind that you would like to hear discussed on this podcast, or maybe just some questions that you're looking for an answer to, and you think that we may be able to help provide some of those tools to help you find that, please submit in the Google form in the show description. There's literally just a box for you to type what you'd like to submit, and the whole process is completely anonymous. You don't have to provide any contact information or identifying information at all unless you feel led to. And I wanted to take a moment to bring this up because the feedback that you provide helps me provide discussion that's relevant and nourishing for everyone listening. So once again, please feel free to provide any potential topics or feedback through that link in the show description. But I would like to go ahead and leave you with a couple more verses before we wrap things up for today. These are going to be 
from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. I hope that that can be a little bit of inspiration to you as we go forward into the rest of this week. And with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings. Mm -hmm.